truth is, I am Iron Man. Lieutenant Dan! Inconceivable! I got a bad feeling about this. Hi. Welcome to Flicks and Clicks this week. Um, my name's Jordan, and this week I'm joined by Jordan. It's just me this week. Um, if you were wondering why I intro the show, because I normally don't do that, because this is hard. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's just me this week. Uh, all the guys are busy, so I'm here today to talk to you slash with you guys about my favorite movies, my top 10 of them, to be precise, in very specific order. No, the order's not that specific. Um, I mean, yeah, they're ranked, but, like, I like some of them for, all of them for different reasons, obviously, because they're different movies, but um, they fit into different slots for different reasons, right? That's how, that's how these things work. Um, so we're just going to jump right into it. Um, on number 10, it's a 2003 South Korean film called Old Boy. Um, if you're a frequent listener of the show, you've probably heard me talk about it uh, briefly, multiple times, actually. Uh, it's an amazing, amazing movie. It's a neo-noir uh, action thriller, kind of like psychotic horror movie like psychotic meaning like the psychology of it um yeah it's it's very dark movie it's not a movie i recommend to a lot of people in fact probably most people um you kind of got to have a tough stomach for some pretty messed up stuff happening uh throughout the movie it's pretty dark both cinematically and uh thematically uh, i guess I would say, um, yeah, it's about this guy. His name is, uh, I think day Sue is how it's pronounced. Um, I'm horrible at reading if you guys haven't, uh, figured that out yet. Um, it's about, yeah, day Sue. He, uh, he gets arrested by an, like an unnamed organization. Like it's not the police of South Korea or, the government in any way or military or thing it's just this random people he's in like not even a jail it's like a dilapidated hotel room just super run down um he has like he gets fed and clothed and everything but they also like sedate him to prevent him from harming himself which is a good thing but it's like a really weird kind of environment that these strangers are just keeping him here alive for an unknown reason. Um, and at one day after 15 years of being in there, he's released and his new life goal is to figure out who and why they took so much of his life away from him. Um, it's, yeah, it's just very good. It's got some amazing fight scenes in it too. Probably my most, my favorite fight scene in, uh, all of the movies. Um, this long hallway fight where you actually see because a lot of times in movies and stuff there's the movie magic of you'd never be able to fight like 20 people in a hallway because you'd get tired you'd be beaten down and um it just wouldn't really work in that tight of an environment and this movie uses all of that kind of correctly like 
there are scenes where uh, Desu is laying on the ground all beaten up and then everybody has to stop to take a breath and he gets up and is like kind of wheezing and fights back and it's really it's very well done it's very beautifully shot um and it's all one scene too there's no really cuts in it which makes the tone of that just so much better um it's a fantastic film yeah it's really good it's really good very very dark um Yeah, that's pretty much all I have on Old Boy. It's um, it's a hard one to talk about just because how dark it actually is. Um, there's there's not a lot that you can go on too deep without kind of disturbing people. I I think so. I'm just gonna leave it at that. If it sounds good to you, watch it. Um, yeah. For number nine, we have. Kingsman the Golden Circle uh this movie is it's fairly different from the last one this is a very light-hearted uh comedy movie uh light-hearted might be the wrong word um it's still a rated r film um but it's definitely just trying to make you laugh um The first Kingsman movie, uh, on like the DVD co- cover, it might have been on the poster too. It said um, that the movie was James Bond on laughing gas, and that's pretty much the tone for the whole series. Is that it's just a a British spy movie with the comedy turned up to eleven. Um, they're really great. They're really fun. It's a good popcorn movie. Um, and this one, I think branches off of the first one very very well the um a lot of times sequels kind of struggle to make the stories different and this one felt separate enough to where uh it did kind of feel like it's almost its own thing like they kind of separate what happens from the first movie in this second movie within the first, I don't know, maybe 15 minutes. Um, it kind of changes what you knew about it to set up a new premise for the rest of the film. Uh, it's got a really good cast. Um, it's got the returning, most of the returning cast from the first one, as far as the main Kingsman go. And then it's got Halle Berry, Pedro Pascal, Channing Tatum, and Elton John as some of the, um, Americans, because in this film they go to America for quite a bit, and um, it's so funny. Elton John plays himself, and it's he's just hilarious. This movie has a lot of really well filmed uh, fight scenes. The um, if I remember correctly, the film crew I think it's called like the second crew, um, the crew that's in charge of filming and directing all the stunts, um, and action scenes, uh, on movies, uh, it's the same one that did Shang-Chi, um, and if you've seen that movie, you know that the fight scenes are filmed very, very well, they show you everything that you need to be seeing to understand what's going on, um, they highlight every punch, uh, they make you, they tell a story with the fight, it's not just two people 
beating each other up or multiple people beating each other up, um, which is really cool. And they, they stylized the heck out of the choreography. Like it's, it's not something you've seen a lot in fight scenes. It's, it's pretty crazy. It's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, this, so this film is about, um, the, the Kingsman. I'm going to spoil this movie. So, uh, if you haven't watched it and you want to avoid spoilers, uh, skip ahead for a few minutes. Um, this movie is about the, or at the beginning of the movie, the Kingsman organization in, uh, England, I think it's in England, it's in London, uh, gets blown up and they find the doomsday protocol is a bottle of whiskey and in that bottle of whiskey is this fancy or is the kingsman k like inside the circle um that's their logo so they go to the manufacturer of that whiskey and find out that they are actually the statesman which is where um Halle Berry, Pedro Pascal, and Channing Tatum come into play. They are the state statesman version of Kingsman, um, the high level, secret, out of, outside the realm of politics uh, intelligence agency that just does crazy stuff. Um, yeah, it's like it's like James Bond, but comical, which is a lot of fun. It's a very enjoyable film. Uh, you sit down and eat a bunch of popcorn or ice cream, whatever, whatever you want to eat while watching a movie, you can probably eat it. Well, maybe not everything. There are some pretty graphic scenes in this movie, um, especially towards the end, but they're done in a comic way. So it's fairly easy to palette. Um, it's just really enjoyable. I like it a lot. The music's fun. Um, and everything like that. Uh, so moving into number eight another movie that has very fun very good music um is baby driver uh baby driver is basically all music the movie doesn't work without music um and i think they do a lot of really cool things with it um it's about this guy who works for I want to call him like a crime lord because that's what comes to mind, but I don't think that's right. He's just a he's just a guy who helps plan robberies and is kind of in charge of that. Um, and Baby is the getaway driver, if you can guess from the driver in the title. Um, <laughs> and he has tinnitus, so he has this constant rearing ringing ringing in his ears uh so he drowns that out by listening to music all the time and that's how they incorporate the music into the film where there's several scenes where the his earbuds get pulled out and then the music stops or he takes it out and he's kind of holding it close to him and then the music gets quieter um there's a really cool scene where he's walking down the street and you see um you can see like little aspects of the song whether it's like a lyric or it's a saxophone for like a saxophone solo like 
spray painted on the wall or like on a street sign or just any of those things. It's really cool. Like a lot of little Easter eggs almost um, for the film. And yeah, it's really enjoyable. Um, as I said, and I'll probably say multiple times, the soundtrack's amazing. I would not recommend listening to the soundtrack while you're driving in your car because it makes you want to drive really fast and that's not safe. Um, be safe while driving, but the soundtrack's really good and I've definitely listened to it while driving a non-zero amount, probably too much. Um, yeah, this music, music, this this movie's a musical. It's not, but it feels like it almost, except for no one breaks out into song. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I said that. Recording by yourself is so hard. This is my fourth attempt at this, so hang in there with me, please. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, uh, the, uh, the plot of the movie is he's, uh, a getaway driver and he wants to get out of the crime life because he's, he's not a criminal. He's just a guy who's really good at driving cars and he's really good at driving cars. The, the chase scenes in this movie are probably some of the best filmed ones that I've seen, um, it's like the way they look and the way they move the car around the street, it almost looks like they're going for a fast and the furious type craziness. Cause fast and the furious gets like very far stretched from reality as the series moves on. But this kind of rides that line of being, uh, realistic or not. Like they do pretty much everything exactly how you see it on screen with like a few tricks um for filmmaking obviously but yeah it's just it's crazy um really good film uh but yeah he's getaway driver he tries to get out um it does not go the way he plans it to and he has to try and protect this girl that he meets and ends up falling in love with uh because she kind of gets dragged in with him for the brief period where they meet or where they've met. Um, yeah, it's a really good story. It's a really fun movie. Um, I think this one's also rated R if I remember correctly. I'll get out of the R-rated movies eventually, I promise. Um, if you guys aren't into those, I got some good ones for you. Um, it'll just maybe take a minute. Uh <laughs> Um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's really good. There's some really good, like, heartfelt moments in it where, uh, baby is talking to his, um, or more of signing because his adoptive parent is, uh, deaf and there's really heartfelt moments in between them of, talking about how he needs to get out of this life of crime because it's not who he is, but baby has to stay in for a little bit longer because he owes the, the heist guy money, um, for stealing one of his cars. Um, which is a really cool, like way to have a character in that kind of situation, because I feel like with a lot of heists in movies, it's out of desperation. 
or greed and this is just like his is not desperation he doesn't want to be doing it at all he just made a mistake when he was a very young kid he was like 11 i think is what they say in the film when he stole uh i think it's kevin spacey's character's car and just went joyriding around in it and ended up crashing it and now owes him all that money um and yeah it's really cool it's got some really great characters in it um jamie fox's character is absolutely hilarious uh i can't remember the character's name right now bats is what they call him uh yeah it's so funny it's a good movie if you haven't seen it i would recommend it to basically everybody who's uh old enough to watch r-rated movies i can't remember what the age is is it 18 is it 19 is it 17 i don't know maybe one of you guys knows and can fill me in because i honestly don't remember but i still get carded sometimes to go see r-rated movies and i'm 24 so it hurts my feelings a little bit all right what number is this number seven i'm so glad i put numbers in front of the titles on my list because i would have messed this up already <laughs> number seven is the dark knight uh the batman movie um this movie again an r-rated movie pretty dark uh heath ledger's joker is probably one of the most incredible like scary and entertaining performances i've watched on screen like i'm actually looking at just a normal picture of heath ledger right now and i don't recognize him when because mostly what i think of him as is as the joker they're two very separate people and it's very impressive um he did an amazing job i think he's the best joker um that's been on screen i mean juan phoenix did fantastic too in the movie the joker but they're very different kind of characters um the joker movie is kind of the the epilogue to where um the joker is in the dark night they're kind of in very different places uh so they kind of have to do their roles differently and that makes sense you know but the dark dark right dark knight is really really good um some of my favorite things about this movie are just the amount of practical stuff that they did for like their effects um i really love it when they when uh directors and producers lean into the more practical aspects of film because it can be very easy to tell if something's cg and it can be even if it's not easy to tell, it can be very hard to make it not look CG. So like, for example, when the Joker's driving the semi truck and Batman attaches the cables to it and it flips the truck over and the trailer goes all the way up over the front and flips upside down. The reason it looks so good is because that's what they did. That's how they did it. Christopher Nolan just was like, yep, we're flipping a truck over. Um, and it's insane. It's so crazy that that's 
what they did to make that movie look good. And that's just like one example. There's so many good, just authentic moments in that movie when the Joker blows up a hospital and it like actually freaks him out because the explosive timing wasn't right with the, um, like the onset person who was supposed to blow up the building wasn't on time with when he was supposed to do it. So it like caught him off guard. It didn't really like freak him out. He and was able to like stay in character, uh, Heath Ledger as the Joker and like just play it off as normal. Um, it's very good. Uh, yeah. All of my favorite moments in this movie, I think pretty much revolve around the Joker. Um, he's just a very creepy, uncomfortable character to watch on screen. Um, and it's done at such a high level that it's like people say you can't look away from a train wreck. I've never seen a train wreck, so I don't know if that's true or not. Um, I imagine it's not. I feel like I would want to look away, but it's kind of like that. Like it's, it makes you uncomfortable, but at the same time, you don't want to look away. Um, you have to see it for yourself. It's yeah, it's a very good movie. All right. Number six this is a movie i think not a lot of people have watched or probably even heard of um it's a netflix original that came out in december of 2019 and it's called six underground which is ironic that it's my sixth favorite movie um it's um (laughs) It's a really good movie. It's a Ryan Reynolds movie directed by Michael Bay. So it's naturally got a lot of humor in it from Ryan Reynolds, um, just being a very funny and charismatic character. Um, And there's super big, crazy explosions because it's a Michael Bay movie. And what else would you expect from Michael Bay? Um, (laughs) What this movie is about is it's... um, six individuals uh all fake their death so that they can become untraceable basically ghosts and they try to stage a cue am i saying that wrong i might be saying a coup a coup is the word not a cue a coup uh in the country of turkestan um because the dictator there is well he's a dictator he's kind of um not that nice of a guy and the dictator's brother is a good a good nice guy but he can't be in charge of the country while the dictator is running it so they try and force the brother out or force the dictator out so they can get his brother into position of leadership kind of save the people in this country and it's very it's got some very heart uh felt moments in it mixed in with all the comedy and the crazy um yeah like i said ryan reynolds he plays the character known as one um because they don't use names in the movie they're either one two three four five six or seven because spoiler alert 
not every one of the first six makes it. Um, and yeah, it's very comical. There's some music in this movie that uh, just fits so perfectly. I love it. I have it on some of my playlists I regularly listen to while I'm driving, and it's hard to not um, picture the scenes from the movie while you're listening to it like they they just fit so well together um yeah i guess more about the plot um ryan reynolds so his character is one uh he's kind of described as he's the team leader but mostly he's just like a super rich guy who he made all of his money off of like magnets and phones for like vibration and stuff so that's kind of how he chooses to fight the army of Turkestan that's kind of trying to take them down um is with like electromagnets and stuff which is really neat uh he turns the this whole cruise ship that they're on to an electromagnet so it's like ripping all the guns out of everyone's hands and like it's pulling the people who are wearing like plated bulletproof vests like onto the wall and it's like fling them around like the security's going crazy um it's really funny it's really cool uh number two is like an old cia agent uh who's just like super fine with killing people and uh number four is like a parkour free runner so he's just like there's a scene where they're in italy i think they might be in paris i don't know um i'm really bad at geography um and he's just like running over all these rooftops and stuff like kind of help helping give the people who are driving in um the car directions uh and then there's i missed number three good job jordan uh number three was a hitman who's kind of similar to number two um number five is a doctor which i think is really funny that she gets tied up into this um they don't go too much into her backstory but um yeah they just describe her as the doctor and then number six is the driver and then eventually number seven is a uh, retired military sniper um and it's yeah it's really cool they liberate a country from like dumping poisonous gas on its own people and just being a super not good country um to be in uh it's a really good movie it's a lot of fun um it's not like a super serious and intense movie a lot of the movies i like aren't um i do like very serious dark things as you can see by like old boy but most movies i think i enjoy watching are just something that's kind of easy to watch and it'll make you laugh and you'll see cool explosions um which leads me pretty good into my next one which is zombie land at number five i i rewatched zombie land uh again recently and reminded me how much i love this movie it's 
so funny. Um, it's got an incredible cast. Uh, Woody Harrelson plays Tallahassee. Jesse Eisenberg plays Columbus. Abigail Breeslin, Breeslin plays Little Rock. And Emma Stone plays Wichita. And Bill Murray plays Bill Murray, which is awesome and hilarious. Um, if you've never seen it, uh, it's the plot is kind of um, a survival guide to surviving Zombieland um, from Jesse Eisenberg's character Columbus through his point of view. It talks about his rules all the time and how he has to stay alive um, or what he has to do to stay alive. Um, throughout the zombie apocalypse and eventually he runs into uh, Woody Harrelson's character Tallahassee who's like the exact opposite like no rules just likes killing zombies and all he wants to do is find Twinkie it's like the most important thing in the world that he eats the last Twinkie because apparently they actually do have expiration dates I didn't know that I thought it was a joke that they say um in the movie like just an offhand thing like believe it or not twinkies actually do have expiration dates i was like no they don't they do um check your box of twinkies um do people even really eat twinkies very much anymore i don't think i've had one in like 30 years and i'm 24 so it's been a long time i've had them before but it's been (laughs) it's been a long time um but yeah so He's looking for Twinkies. Eventually, they meet Wichita and Little Rock, who kind of swindle them out of all of their stuff. And then they run into Wichita and Little Rock again, and they actually need their help to survive this time. Um, And they're forced to work together and have fun and kind of find... Have fun. Forced to work together and survive and eventually have fun together and find family, um, which is kind of the most important thing that they come away with in the movie that you need when surviving a horribly traumatic apocalypse is that you can't really do it alone you need people you care about with you and people who love you or and that you love around you to um, be able to make it through because even if you're not turned into a zombie you won't feel too good being by yourself all that time so yeah, it's very good. It's very fun. There's a lot of funny a lot of funny bits in this movie that make it really enjoyable. Um It's very it's very gruesome and gory, but it's like very palatable again, like it's an easy watch um if you don't mind looking at zombies and blood and stuff. Um Yeah, number 5 Zombieland. All right. <clears throat> oh, geez. Okay. Number four. I might get made fun of for this one a little bit, but I don't care. Um, number four is Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. Now, I know I'm pretty sure Mike has said it. I know for a fact Keelan has said it. Tyler may have also said it that... Um, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban is the best Harry Potter movie, and I don't think they're wrong, but I like The Half-Blood Prince more. It's my favorite book. Um, the book and the movie kind of subsequently 
uh, focus on the character of Severus Snape, who is the Half-Blood Prince. Spoiler alert if you haven't seen it. Um, I'm sorry. But uh, he's my favorite character throughout the Harry Potter series. I love... I feel like sometimes we get like a lot of... I feel like we don't really get a lot of people who are heroes for the wrong reasons. Like throughout the whole series it doesn't really look like it but Snape is a hero and he does the right thing throughout even if it doesn't look like it it's his contribution to protecting Harry and stopping Voldemort is is very subtle and precise um, and kind of gives him exactly what he needs but he's doing it for like not the right reason he uh, huge spoilers for harry potter if you haven't watched it i don't know how because it's an amazing series if you haven't read the books either they're incredible um severus snape is the one who told voldemort that harry might be the prophecy baby that would destroy voldemort and severus loved lily potter harry's mom and didn't want her to die but voldemort killed her and then protected harry and turned on voldemort just because he loved a married woman who had a child like it's it's a very weird motive to all of a sudden become the good guy um like being a a hero and fighting for love is something that makes sense but in his specific scenario, it just feels very weird, um, and I love it. I think it's fantastic. It's so cool. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of the big reason why this one's my favorite um, Harry Potter movie. I think it also fits along with the book pretty well. Like, I'm aware it's not the best, like most, the best well-made Harry Potter movie, but I really enjoy it and yeah it's really good uh love the half-blood prince snape is cool and if you disagree with me i don't know i was i couldn't <laughs> i couldn't think of anything um yeah you're allowed to disagree with me but i don't disagree with me that's why it's my number four um i got another another really strange uh not strange it's a very good movie but not one that a lot of people might think of um for number three and that is who framed roger rabbit um oh, hold on my computer's freaking okay we're good um who framed roger rabbit came out in on June 22nd of, what does that say, 1988? Yeah, 1988. I know how to read. Numbers, are, numbers aren't hard. Um, <laughs> this movie is so good. Uh, it's about um, Eddie Valiant, played by Bob Hopkins. Uh, he's a, a private investigator who doesn't work for Toons because he has... I'm going to probably spoil this whole movie, but it came out in 1988. 
So if you haven't seen it, go watch it. It's incredible. Um, actually, no, before I spoil it, I'm getting ahead of myself. This movie was, this movie is fantastic for a couple of reasons. Um, one, it's one of the few movies that you can watch where you can see Donald Duck and Daffy Duck on screen at the same time, and as well as Mickey Mouse and Bugs Bunny on screen at the same time. Like now where there's so much copyright and licensing and all this crazy stuff, it's not something that we would ever see like in the current climate of the film industry. Um, it would be too expensive for a film studio to try and do that. Like they just wouldn't do it. Um, but you get to see it here and those interactions are so funny. Um, especially the one between Daffy Duck and Donald Duck are performing on stage together and they're just fighting with each other about how annoying the other one is. And (laughs) Daffy Duck has this great line where he's like, this is the last time I work with somebody with a speech impediment, which is really funny because Daffy Duck also has a speech impediment and it's, yeah, it's just really good. Uh But um, one of the things I really like about this movie is it came out before computers and okay. Now this is a huge thing to mention. This is a live action movie with animated characters, like walking around and interacting with the environment. And there weren't any computers, which means that everything, the animated characters like Roger rabbit or Donnie, Donnie, what did I just do? Donald Duck and Daffy Duck. I can I mixed Donald and Daffy is what I did. Um anytime they are interacting with the real world environment, people had to puppeteer that so that the actors could like work with them and make everything look right. And then because there's no computers, you couldn't like make a 3D model of Roger Rabbit and animate him to do whatever you want. They had to do two-dimensional drawings and paintings that show perspective and then match that up to interact with the environment. It's so well done. It's just a beautiful execution of pure art, basically. Um, It's fantastic. Every time I watch it, I can't get over that. Um, I just love staring at how well the the animated characters interact with the human environment and the human characters, uh, too. Um, but yeah, back to the plot because I freaking love this movie. Um, Eddie Valiant is a detective who doesn't work with tunes because a tune had killed his brother and he's like, I just can't be around him. He hates tunes. Um, which kind of sucks for him because he, lives in Los Angeles and works pretty close to Toontown. Um, and, uh, eventually, or at the start of the movie, he gets a job to take some incriminating pictures of Jessica rabbit playing patty cake with, um, Mervyn Acme, the owner of Acme, who, if you've watched Looney Tunes for a long time, you know, makes like, all the stuff that the coyote uses to stop the roadrunner and he's the gag king um is what they call him in the movie and everything uh and 
this makes Roger freak out, and then someone murders Marvin Acme, and Roger Rabbit is framed. Hence, who framed Roger Rabbit? Um, and Roger goes up to Eddie Valiant because he's the one who took the pictures and says, "You have to help me. You have to protect me." Like, I didn't do this. Um, and it's this really cool, kind of almost buddy cop mystery movie from 1988 that is mixed with Disney and Warner Brothers characters. Um, it's really good. It's um, how do I say this without sounding like a but? Um, I think I'm pretty good at like predicting the ending of char- like movies. Um, it's something that I'm going to get into a little bit of my random ADHD knowledge for a second. Um, people with ADHD, their brain works like ridiculously fast, something like a hundred times faster than a non neurodivergent person. I'm aware that's like a lot of random big things to say, but just go with me for a second. Um, <laughs> so because of that, it's very, we're also very good at, um, problem solving and pattern recognition because we process, um, a wide variety of information quicker than um, the average person would. So while watching a movie, it's not too terribly hard for me to figure out the direction it's going in, especially with like a mystery movie. Like it's almost pretty obvious and boring at the end because I'm like, yeah, I've known this the whole time. Like I wasn't a hundred percent sure, but I was like 90% sure this is what was going to happen. I didn't, I couldn't guess the ending the first time I watched it. Um, it's very good. Uh, very good movie. All right. I'm going to move on to, yeah, everybody needs to go watch this movie. I'm not moving on just quite yet. Um, it's a movie I think everybody could watch. Everybody could enjoy. There's something pretty much for everybody in it. Um, and it's so stunning to just sit and watch and think about the process that they had to go through to make this movie what it is. Um, it's a- absolutely like unfathomable, unfathomable. That's not how you say that word, but I don't think I could do it. Um, <laughs> how they pulled off making this movie, like it's the amount of work that it is and the level of difficulty to line up where Roger's hands are in the handcuffs. And that's the, the best part about this movie is Roger's character is so like pure. Um, he, his essence in throughout the whole film is I just want to make everybody laugh because he's a cartoon character. That's kind of what he does. Um, my favorite, like example of this in the film is Eddie Valiant and Roger Rabbit are handcuffed together and they eventually get to a place where Eddie's trying to use a hacksaw to cut the handcuffs off and he's doing it on like this crate or like this box and it's shaking. So Roger takes his hand and he slips it out of the handcuffs and holds the crate still. And he's like, is this better? And he's like, yeah. And then he kind of looks up at Roger and then Roger like slips his hand back in the handcuffs and Eddie Valiant goes, you mean to tell me you could have gotten out of these cuffs at any time? And Roger's like, no, not at any time. 
only when it was funny. And it's such like a, a great moment because it shows you exactly who the character is no matter what he's always just like i can't do something unless it's funny he just wants to make people laugh and it's it's great i've talked about this movie a little bit longer than i anticipated um it's fantastic i love it 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 sounds like it should be my number one but i can't move number one and number two they're they're hard locked in and i've talked about these on the short show before um very briefly so this will also be kind of brief. Number two will be very brief. It's Star Wars Empire Strikes Back. The f- favorite Star Wars movie of all time. It was my number one favorite movie of all time for a very long time. And it took a lot of self-control and self-honesty to remove it from number one. Because I grew up with Star Wars. It was what I watched all the time as a kid. I played Star Wars video games and watched Star Wars all the time through elementary school to middle school. Even in high school, I just always loved Star Wars. It's always been my favorite thing. And Empire Strikes Back is probably the best example of a sequel that I can come up with. Like, it's so good. Um, I know, I know for a fact Tyler said it on the show. Um, that a new hope is like the perfect setup for a trilogy which is why i think it's his favorite star wars movie um but i think a perfect setup is only as good like as what follows if that makes sense um so if i guess here's an example if empire strikes back like flopped and just like wasn't good then a new hope wouldn't really be that good or it wouldn't be as good it'd still be fantastic but um it wouldn't be as good because it was this great setup that kind of led to nothing um which would make it kind of a letdown um but because empire strikes back is such a perfect kind of such a perfect sequel to um a new hope that it elevates a new hope up even higher because empire strikes back capitalized on everything it's it has the what's called the biggest plot twist in cinematic history um to me that sounds crazy because i've known darth vader was luke's father since i was like four years old um so it's like not shocking like here's how much i love this movie um if i had a time machine if i could go back in time to any moment it would be may 21st of 1980 when this movie came out um so i could go watch it in the theaters and watch (laughs) watch everybody react to seeing what this was like at that moment um i think that would be like one of the most incredible theater experiences um and i'm like kind of envious of people who got to experience that that sounds so amazing to me um so yeah that's about that movie if you haven't watched it i don't know how it's it's great 
You should watch it. Number one. We're getting really close. Um, I thought I should do some honorable mentions, but I didn't write any down, and my brain's going blank. Um, but there's a lot of good movies that I enjoy. I enjoy basically any type of popcorn flick. Um, movies are just really fun to sit down and watch and relax and unwind and... I don't eat popcorn, so I don't like the phrase popcorn flick. Like, it feels weird. Like, it's not that I dislike popcorn, but like, I don't ever eat it. I don't get it when I go to the movies. I don't get anything when I go to the movies, which weirds some people out. Like, I don't like to snack while I'm watching a movie in the theater. I guess at home it's different. I'll eat ice cream or candy. I really like sugar, so that's probably part of the problem. Anyway. Number one is <laughs> number one is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. This movie, I talked about Who Framed Roger Rabbit being a piece of art. This movie is a piece of art. It is art. Oh, it's so pretty. There's a Twitter account. I forgot the name of it. I was going to pull it up. And then I forgot um, that just takes random uh, frames from the movie and just posts images of them because every frame of this movie is a painting. It's beautiful. It's stunning. It's so good. Um, the art direction in this movie is just, it's perfect. It looks like a comic book came to life, which when I first saw the trailer for it, I was like, man, this might make me like give me motion sickness or something like this looks weird and I watched it in the theater and it was the exact opposite like it was so fluid and so well implemented um and this movie does a lot of great things with the animation too they don't just throw in a couple different animation styles and call it good they uh oh jeez the soda's catching up to me. Um, <coughs> they uh, they do this really cool thing where they use animation to uh, inflict emotion. Um, so the example of this that they do is when Miles Morales' character is learning how to swing for the first time. Uh, he's very clunky. He just got his powers. He's super awkward and uncomfortable so he's uh not moving very fluidly and he's actually animated on what's i believe called twos if i remember correctly which is 12 frames a second the rest of the movie is animated on ones which is 24 frames a second um so while he's moving and peter b parker's character is trying to teach him how to swing Peter B. Parker looks very fluid and very nice and very clean, um, very like acrobatic. Um, and Miles is really struggling. But as Miles slowly starts to get the hang of it and get the feel and the flow, they move his 12 frames a second all the way up to 24. So it matches. And now he's kind of, you can feel just by the way he moves that he's becoming comfortable and becoming Spider-Man. Um, 
it's so cool it's one of those things that like i didn't i noticed like i felt it in that moment but then when i had heard and done a little bit of research about the movie afterwards that that's what they do and that's like they changed the frame rate at that point um and that's how it showed that feeling it feels so good every time it's a great the soundtrack in this movie is great um it fits kind of the theme and the style um and miles character honestly like very honest it similar to like the baby driver thing where it feels like sometimes that's just what miles listening to in his headphones um which is i think a really cool it makes the the soundtrack feel grounded in a movie which is something that i normally don't notice soundtracks maybe for it's that reason that they don't feel like a part of the world necessarily um but this does that in several scenes which is really good and uh whew, i'm out of breath i've been talking for like 52 minutes uh <laughs> this is hard um but yeah there's just so many great things about this movie that yeah i can't i literally can't watch it enough um i watch it all the time i've probably seen it like hundreds of times and it came out was it 2018 not that long ago it's not that old of a movie um i just had it up and then i ruined it um, nope and that's I'm googling the wrong movie now nice one twenty eighteen got it um yeah, it's not that old of a movie. It's very good um the cast is incredible. I am so excited for the second one. Oh my goodness, the second one looks fantastic um they are in implementing a couple different types of art styles for it, which I'm really excited about. Um, this is going to be one. I generally don't... They do weird things with movies now where they release on Friday, but you can actually watch them at like 6 p.m. on Thursday. Um, I have to get up super early in the morning, so I don't go to the movies on Thursday, but I might have to go to the movies Thursday and be super tired when this comes out um for work because i get up for work at three in the morning um so it's generally pretty hard to start a movie at six or seven because that's when i go to bed it's like 7 30 um but spider-man into the spider-verse 2 is gonna be worth it um so yeah that was <laughs> sorry this was kind of like a messy episode um get a little dive into how chaotic and unorganized my brain is um but <laughs> but i hope you guys had fun um i definitely had a, a strange fun experience uh sitting in my room by myself talking to, like into a microphone uh it's been weird but it's been fun um if you like the show i know there's ways you can review it um and if you want to give it five stars, that'd be cool. If you want to give it one star, uh, do it. But please tell us why you like it or don't like it so that 
we get positive feedback because positive feedback or not necessarily positive constructive criticism that's the word i'm looking for that's always good i like it um if you want to reach out to us you can talk to us on instagram and twitter i don't remember our handles at each of those i think it's just flicks and clicks there might be underscores in there um but yeah you can check us out on patreon if you want to find the links to everything they're on our website at flicksandclicks.com i do remember that one all right this has been fun see you guys peace Maybe if we was having a roast chicken one night or something.